Chapter 73 Good Conduct Allah the Exalted says in the Quran وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَىٰ خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ And verily, you are on an exalted character. And Allah also says, وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْضَ وَالْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ Who repress anger and who pardon men. 621 Anas radiyallahu anhu reported, Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam was the best of all the people in behavior. Collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. 622 Anas radiyallahu anhu reported, I never felt any piece of velvet or silk softer than the palm of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam nor did I smell any fragrance more pleasant than the smell of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. I served him for 10 years and he never said off to me, meaning an expression of disgust. He never said, why did you do that? For something I had done. Nor did he ever say, why did you not do such and such for something I had not done? Collected by Al-Bukhari. Commentary. This hadith reflects the sublime morality of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that he never found faults with the doings of his valet nor did he ever scold him during the ten-year-long service. To be sure, this is something unique in human history. May the Ummah too adopt the refined way of living of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. 623. Sa'ab ibn Jathama anhu reported, I presented a wild ass to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam as a gift, but he returned it to me. When he perceived signs of despair on my face, he said, I have declined to accept it because I am in a state of ihram. Collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Commentary. As in the state of Ihram, hunting is not allowed to a pilgrim. Similarly, the meat of the game, killed on his suggestion or instruction, is forbidden to him too. For this reason, the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, sent back the gift of the wild ass to his companion. The hadith further illustrates that if the recipient has any valid excuse for not accepting a gift, he should explain it so that the sender may not feel dejected. It may be mentioned here that some ahadith allow us to eat the meat of a game killed by others, whereas this hadith shows it is not permissible. The orthodox ulama, however, have attempted to reconcile the two seemingly incompatible sets of ahadith with each other. According to the first category of ahadith, a man, not in the state of ihram, who kills a chase and gives a portion of it as a gift to someone who is in ihram, the gift will be permissible to the latter. As for the second category of ahadith, the former kills a game for the latter or on his suggestion, the man in the state of ihram will be barred from eating it, as mentioned in Fethul Bari. Similarly, it will not be lawful if the game is sent alive to the man in the state of ihram 
with this intention that he should himself sacrifice it. The hadith under discussion depicts this very situation. Imam Bukhari, as we know, has consequently adduced from this hadith that if an unkilled game like the wild donkey is sent as a gift to a man in the state of Ihram, he should not accept it. 624 Nawaz ibn Sam'an anhu reported, I asked the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about virtue and sin, and he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Virtue is noble behavior, and sin is that which creates doubt, and you do not like people to know about it. Collected by Muslim. Commentary An important principle enshrined in this hadith says that courtesy is a virtue because a refined mind cultivates good habits, performs good deeds, and shuns all that is bad and corrupt. Also, a simple and understandable principle is laid down about sin. Man feels the pricking of conscience over every bad deed and is also afraid of the reproach of fault-finders, provided he has not reached the lowest point of moral depravity. But a seared conscience is least disturbed by the heinous and deadly sin or by public censure. We can understand it by the example of man's smelling sense. If it is not dead, man can feel a stink and repugnant odor. But a long association with a dung heap robs away one's smelling sense and feeling of refuse. 625 Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As reported, The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not indulge in loose talk, nor did he like to listen to it. He used to say, The best of you is the best among you in conduct. Collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Commentary This hadith, apart from describing the refined behavior and sublime morality of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, tells us that a person with the highest moral sense is in fact the best among people. 626 Abu Darda'at who reported, The Prophet said, Nothing will be heavier on the day of resurrection in the scale of the believer than good manners. Allah hates one who utters foul or coarse language. Collected by At-Tirmidhi Commentary the most beneficial thing on the day of resurrection will be a courteous behavior which will outweigh all good actions. But that will be witnessed in case of a believer as there is no question of weighing a non-believer's good actions. Allah Himself says in the Qur'an, What means? So, their works are in vain, and on the day of resurrection, we shall assign no weight for them. So will a morally depraved and nonsensical man stand unfavored with Allah, and this will be a sign of his frustration and disillusionment in the hereafter. 627 Abu Hurairah, who reported, The Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
was asked about the deed which will be foremost to lead a man to Jannah. He replied, fear of Allah and the good conduct. Then he was asked about indulgence, which will admit a man to hellfire. And he, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, answered, the tongue and the genitals, collected by Ittirmidhi. Commentary. This is also a very comprehensive hadith. Fear of Allah really links a man to him, and moral refinement prevents him from falling short of his duties to people. To be sure, adherence to this twofold practice will cause the entry of a lot of people to Jannah. Many a man, on the other hand, has a long, sharp, and dangerous tongue, and this causes him to pour out heretical utterances and indulge in backbiting, slandering, and abusive and nonsensical talk. All these activities lead to hell. As for his genitals, an unwary and unrestrained attitude incites one to indulge in immoral pursuits. In both these cases, countless people will be led into hell. For this reason, it is imperative for everybody to develop taqwa, meaning consciousness of Allah or fear of Allah, and refined behavior, and shun the wickedness of the tongue and genitals so that his life in the hereafter may not be ruined. 628. Abu Huraira anhu reported, Allah's Messenger وسلم, said, The most perfect man in his faith among the believers is the one whose behavior is most excellent, and the best of you are those who are the best to their wives. Collected by At-Tirmidhi. Commentary. This hadith brings into light the corollary of faith and complacent manners. We may put it in this way, that the degree of a man's excellent behavior determines the degree of his faith, or the sublimity of faith calls for the sublimity of morals. Similarly, a man who is polite and courteous to his wife will be considered as the best. 629. Aisha radiyallahu anha reported, I heard Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam saying, a believer will attain by his good behavior the rank of one who prays during the night and observes fasting during the day. Collected by Abu Dawood. Commentary. The two practices are difficult, but those who manage to keep them will be richly rewarded by Allah. There is a third category of men who fail to observe the above-mentioned voluntary practices, yet they are polite and courteous in their behavior towards others. And by virtue of this social quality, they will also be graded up in the two other categories. And this highlights the significance and excellence of a polite and pleasing behavior. 630. Abu Umama al-Bahili radiyallahu anhu reported, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, I guarantee a house in Jannah for one who gives up arguing even if he is in the right. And I guarantee a home in the middle of Jannah for one who abandons lying even for the sake of fun. And I guarantee a house in the highest part of Jannah 
for one who has good manners, collected by Abu Dawood. Commentary. Withdraw from one's right in order to end a dispute is a manly act of great merit. Likewise, this hadith tells us that a man should avoid telling a lie even in a light vein. If he gives great importance to the rules of the Sharia, meaning the Islamic law, and the commandments of Allah and His Prophet wasallam, he will definitely refrain from telling a lie even in a chat session or jest for the sake of a joke. Usually, people don't mind if one tells a lie in a jocular mood. Rather, some will perhaps approve it. Yet Allah disapproves of even the harmless or trivial form of falsehood and commands His slaves to keep away from it. From all considerations, however, moral excellence carries immense weight because no wrong or evil thing can be shunned without it. In other words, moral excellence surpasses all forms of goodness. 631. Jabir radiyallahu anhu reported, Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, the dearest and nearest among you to me on the day of resurrection will be the one who is the best of you in manners and the most abhorrent among you to me and the farthest of you from me will be the pompous, the garrulous and al-mutafayhiqoon. The companions asked him, O oh Allah's Messenger, we know about the pompous and the garrulous, but we do not know who al-mutafayhiqoon are. He sallallahu alayhi wasallam replied, the arrogant people, collected by At-Tirmidhi. Commentary. This hadith lays emphasis on polite and polished behavior. Besides, it teaches us to refrain from unnecessary, incautious, and insincere talk intended to influence others and assert superiority over them. But to talk less and in simple words is a good thing. On the other hand, to talk much, showing off cleverness with a tinge of affection, is detestable. 